You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, what feels like a crisis day for Pelicans fans. It's not that bad, I promise. We got a lot to cover because the Pelicans got blown out on Saturday night at the hands of the Clippers, 126-103. Let's lump that game in with the Jazz, talk about what's gone wrong in these first two losses for New Orleans in the NBA's restart. And then the ending of the Clippers game had some controversy to it, which you wouldn't think in a 23-point loss, but Zion didn't play. And that means we've got to talk more about his minutes and the whole situation regarding him and his lack of playing time. David Griffin addressed this on Friday, even spoke about it during the national broadcast during the game on Saturday, and it's cleared a lot of things up in my opinion. We discussed this on the Friday show, but we have some more nuance to this this discussion and frankly, it seems like there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there regarding some of this. I think this is more straightforward and actually isn't something we need to overcomplicate. I'll explain what I mean and what I think is actually going on here with Zion in the second segment. It's likely going to bleed into the third segment as well. And then in the third, though, it's a game day. The Pelicans take on the Memphis Grizzlies, a do or die game, a make or break game, a must win game for your New Orleans Pelicans. We'll give you the lowdown on that. Memphis played last night. Didn't win. Sunday was actually pretty good for the Pelicans overall. So we've got a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So the first two games of the NBA's restart, the bubble, have not been kind to New Orleans, going 0-2, putting them on the back foot and on the outside even further, looking in on the playoffs and the situation they were already in when people thought maybe they were at least favored to get into the play-in game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Not the case, at least at this moment, but keep in mind those statistics and those percentages and the odds and all that's going to change on a daily basis. But New Orleans hasn't looked great. They were at least close and in contention with the Utah Jazz, despite a poor second half, despite not seeing Zion in the fourth quarter uh, in crunch time to try and get a victory. A game where the defense wasn't playing well, at least in the second half. They were decent in the first half. And you only scored 17 points. So you needed a guy in there to try and score, and New Orleans just couldn't get it done. First game was just lack of execution, lack of kind of killer instinct, bad defense in the second half, and a whole lot of turnovers. Against the Clippers, it was a little bit different. This was a rough loss. This is one of the worst games we've seen this team play in a very long time until, I guess, earlier in the year against the Dallas Mavericks and then a long time before that. The final score was 126-103 in favor of the Clippers, but frankly, the Clippers had a 42-point lead, so only losing by 23 I don't actually think shows how bad this one was for New Orleans. They just couldn't get anything done. They had a respectable fourth quarter when the Clippers had just given up playing scrubs like uh, Joaquin Noah was getting minutes during all of that. They did not care at that point in time when the backups from New Orleans kind of went and did their thing a little bit. That's great. 
But this was an embarrassing loss. Make no mistake about it. They could not defend at all, constantly giving up open three-point shots to the Clippers in this one. The Clippers, by the way, 25 of 47, 53.2% from deep. If, if you give up that kind of shooting or a team just that on two, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do to win. But New Orleans didn't really come out with the right kind of effort in this one. They got buried early on in it. The Clippers put up 37 in the first quarter. The Pelicans just 25. Being down 12, yeah, they just didn't have it the rest of the way. It's easy to just kind of not care and just start thinking ahead and moving on to the next game, and I think you caught that. You saw a lot of 1,000-yard stares, particularly from J.J. Redick there on the bench, um, kind of like working out his legs, just kind of staring off into the distance. You saw Drew Holiday slam the ball on the ground, being frustrated. You saw Josh Hart have bad body language on the bench. You saw Zion look frustrated. Just a bad overall game from everyone. The body language, the team chemistry wasn't there in this one, and they just didn't try. Once it got buried, they just did not try. That's safe to say. Alvin Gentry disagreed with that after the game, but he's not going to throw his players under the bus. Anyone watching that game knows what happened here, but credit to Gentry for not saying those sorts of things. This game, though, was really lost with the unforced errors that New Orleans created for themselves. 18 turnovers in this one after 20 against the Utah Jazz. In two games, they have close to 40 turnovers. That's not going to get it done whatsoever. This is a big problem. This is a huge problem because New Orleans does not have an efficient half-court offense. So when you have Brandon Ingram with four turnovers, Zion in just 14 minutes, three turnovers, Drew Holiday, three turnovers, Drew had five, six in the first game. That's not good. Lonzo Ball, who hasn't been great, three turnovers as well, leading to 18 on the night, which turns into 34 opponent points off turnovers when you're giving up open threes. Empty possession followed by a three for the opponent is a surefire way to lose. And if New Orleans wants to try and win in this one, they're going to need to clamp down on the defense. They're going to need to close out on open shooters a little bit more. They did a decent job in the first half against the Utah Jazz, but then they also need to kind of take away the stuff inside. The defense just has not been there. Derek Favors, while decent-ish, at least on paper, against the Clippers was atrocious in the first game. He wasn't that great in the second game as well, though he did finish with 21 points and nine rebounds. But they need more for him. The Pelicans in this game only had one block. One. They didn't have any in the first half. It only came in the second half. It's not how you're going to get it done. There's just not a whole lot of defense being played in this one. And it's disappointing to see this team just come out flat. There's a lot of just not good individual defenders. That's okay. But don't forget their defense had really picked up come Christmas Day till now. They had been 10th best in the league. So what is going on here? You're seeing guys just die on screens, unable to fight through them. You're seeing a lack of communication and just people being confused. Late rotations, not realizing where they need to be. These are all things that they should have worked out by now or kind of had fixed and they don't. And this is really going to be on the coaching staff and the rest of um, the organization to get these guys ready. This frankly is where you're going to see the coaching staff really kind of have to show off their chops. There's a lot of criticism for towards Alvin Gentry. Some of it fair, some of it not, I think. But when you look at this, this is where they're going to get paid their money. You've got to keep this team together after all of these awful things that we're seeing from them right now. They've got to figure out this defense. They've got to cut down on the turnovers. And if they do that, they should be able to play kind of well. But New Orleans was just completely taken out of their game Saturday night. Four fast break points. That's not what this team wants to do at all. 
defense, defense, defense. It starts with rebounding, starts with closing out. You do those two things, you'll see a marked improvement from this team. Now, we've just got to see if they actually have enough time to kind of figure this all out when you're basically playing a game every other day. And of course, the game on Saturday was marred by Zion's minutes and everything. That's going to overshadow the overall conversation as we talked about on Friday. So coming up, we'll discuss all of that because we got an update on that from David Griffin. He spoke twice about this, and then it seemed to lead to a little bit more confusion after what happened Saturday night. I don't think it's confusing. I'll explain why, and we'll take a look at all of this coming up here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. Look, you're staying at home. You're a little cooped up. There's a lot wearing on you, both mentally, physically. You're trying to stay fit. Maybe you're working out a little too hard. It's a whole lot going on, and that's why you need to check out CBDMD. You've heard those letters a lot, CBD. That's something everyone's using. You're hearing a lot of people really love this stuff. And CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in convenient and easy-to-use rollers or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery combines CBD with um, inflammation-fighting compounds and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, CBDMD.com, and promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Go check it out at CBDMD.com. All right, let's do this. This is the second segment we're doing on this. Listen to Fridays if you haven't already, but we got to talk more about Zion and his minutes and the lack of playing time at the end of the Clippers game, which appears to be, at least in Pelicans land, almost like a national crisis. It's disappointing for sure, but I don't think it's to the level that a lot of people are making this, and I'll explain why here in just a second. So to recap everything, he didn't play at the end of the game against the Clippers, and this is after David Griffin tried to kind of write the narrative and everything, speaking to the media on Friday, and then also speaking during the national broadcast of the Pels game uh, against the Clippers on Saturday. Basically, uh, to sum up what he had said is, you know, the starters went through a ramp up period. Ramp is the word used a lot here. And people, I think, are misinterpreting it. This is like one of those very granular things. You could really like diagram these sentences out to try and figure out exactly what this word choice means versus other word choice. It's kind of what we talked about on Friday too, the yet part of things, right? So it's it's weird. And one of the things people are looking for is a lot of transparency in this. And you just don't get that in this situation. And people are going to have to live with not knowing everything that's going on around Zion. No team does this. Zion is a special player and is very fun to watch and has a level of hype around him that we've never seen here in New Orleans in terms of an NBA player. And so that leads people to having a different sort of attachment and need for knowledge than they would someone else, I think, which leads to a lot of some of the outrage that we're seeing. And this isn't me saying that you're wrong for this or me defending the team. They don't pay me. I don't need to defend them, you know? So uh, when I see this, David Griffin basically came out and said, yeah, Zion's going through the same sort of ramp up period in terms of minutes that the starters did. He was gone for eight days, went through a four day quarantine, basically 13 days without basketball. 
yeah, it makes a little bit of sense. You lose some conditioning after two weeks of stuff, right? And so to see that, you know, people just kind of assume there's there's more to it that a 20-year-old who's in supposedly good shape doesn't lose that much over two weeks. And to a degree, they're right. But we don't have access to see, you know, what the doctors are seeing there, what the medical staff is seeing. And none of us are doctors. So I don't know if we're actually better equipped to make a decision. So taking what David Griffin says at face value, assuming he's truthful, I don't really see any sort of issue with any of this stuff. So I think when you look at it, it kind of makes sense. You know, they want to get, make sure that he's conditioned, that he's in the right spot to succeed. So people are reading a lot into that word ramp and they think of it in terms of conditioning, but it's more than just that. And that's where I think we need to look at this as well. It's not just conditioning. Zion even said after the first game, he said, it's not just the conditioning. That's literally the quote. There's more to it. So when you look at this, I, and people are like, well, you, so the, so the situation becomes with the Clippers. Well, if he needs more conditioning, why not play him late in the game? It's a blowout. You could get him some minutes. It, you know, it's him out there on the court doing basketball things. Right. And if ramp just meant conditioning, I would fully agree with you, but it doesn't. And that's where I think we need to be careful. There's a bigger picture here. This is more complex and it's not nearly just as black as what uh, black and white as people want to make it out to be. That makes it nice and easy, right? That means there's something more going on. There isn't. It's just a complex situation. So when you look at this, you could play Zion at the end of that game. But the Pelicans didn't have their starters in. Yeah, they had some guys out there that were playing hard in Nikhil Alexander, Walker, Jackson Hayes, and some of the rest of the bench crew. But that doesn't mimic what Zion normally does. And I think that's a big important thing to kind of keep in mind as well. Zion is used to playing with the starters and other guys kind of around that. He doesn't get a ton of run with Jackson Hayes, with Nikhil Alexander Walker. You know, he hasn't played a game with Kenrich Williams. And so when those are the guys that are finishing the game at the final eight minutes and 14 seconds, it was Frank Jackson, Nikhil, Kenrich, Nicolo Melli, and Jackson Hayes. It's not a lineup he, he plays a ton of minutes with. That's not the role that he has been built up for. So when they talk about ramp, they talk about him in the context of also playing with these other guys, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Derek Favors, and having him play a role with that group. I don't know if it's as beneficial to him to get him five, six minutes, let's say, in the fourth quarter with the backups, playing kind of that lead scorer role, not doing the things that he normally does, not playing the role that he normally does with the starters. I think that's also what they mean by ramp. And so putting him in there, yeah, it accomplishes a couple of things, but there's a risk with it. There's a risk that if he gets hurt and misses the rest of the bubble or has a bigger injury, and we're, you know, as I'm watching this, I see Jonathan Isaac of the Magic get wheeled off in a wheelchair. We've seen John Morant in some of the scrimmage games like land so awkwardly that it makes me uncomfortable to watch. If something went wrong, trying to just get him some conditioning minutes, I don't think that's the risk-reward that the Pelicans want to take. If this game was close, if the starters were still in, you would have seen Zion, without a doubt, because those are valuable minutes for him. There is something to be gained by playing him at the end of this Clippers game, but not enough to outweigh the risk with it. The risk with it. There is... Other ways to outweigh, outweigh, oh my God, I can't even speak too many things here. There's there's other scenarios where, yes, that's more important than the risk that you have and it outweighs that and it tips the balance in that scale. But that's not the case here. I've seen a claim that people think Alvin Gentry went rogue and just didn't play Zion when everyone else had agreed that he would. And he kind of said as much, but you really think, this is where the conspiracy stuff comes in. First, it's Zion's injured. There's something going on here. 
No, like I think this one's just pretty cut and dry. They looked at the score of the game. They looked at what was going on and putting Zion in against guys like Rodney Magruder, Joaquin Noah, Amir Kofi, Terrence Mann, all that, like th- that doesn't matter. It's scrubs. Who cares? There's nothing to be gained really other than some conditioning, but do that in practice. Do that in other time. And frankly, six minutes of that isn't going to make a big deal. The ramp up matters with the right players on the court in the right situations and him playing the right role. And that's what I think kind of gets lost in this. But back to the Gentry stuff, there's a ton of criticism for Gentry. And I agree with a whole lot of it. This is not the long-term coach. I don't even know if he's the coach for next year, though that decision's basically already been made, um, whether he stays or not. Not what the, you know, not that he is staying or he isn't staying, but the decision probably has been made and they're not really factoring these eight games into that. But if you think Alvin Gentry went rogue on this, this is a guy who has been not the best coach, but a damn good soldier for this organization the whole time. He takes the shots. He is like put in front of the firing squad constantly. Talked about it on Friday. All the AD stuff last year. We media asked him questions about Zion basically every game. He got sick of it, but he still dealt with it because that's what he has to do because David Griffin didn't speak about it. No one else spoke about it. Del Demps didn't speak about the stuff with Anthony Davis. Ownership didn't speak about the stuff with Anthony Davis either. It was just him being trotted out there to deal with it. You think the guy who's that good of a soldier who could have, if you're saying he could not play Zion at the end of this, that means he could have played him at the end of the Jazz game, right? If he has that much decision-making power. Why didn't he do that then? He certainly wanted him to play. I'm sure he wanted him to play kind of in this one too, to a degree. But I think he and the medical staff and everyone got together and talked about it. And we're like, yeah, no, this just isn't worth it. That's what happened here. It's nothing more than that. They just kind of looked at it. Pros, cons, cons were, you know, one out. Other scenarios, if the score was closer, the starters were in, pros went out. That's probably what happened here. I wouldn't read too much into this. If you think Gentry went rogue, like it's nuts. That's a conspiracy theory on this. There's nothing to support that. Now, in regards to Zion being unhappy, that I've seen a lot too. And let's talk about that. Let's do that in the next segment. Then we'll touch on the Grizzlies too. So coming up, we'll talk Zion and kind of how this maybe impacts him to a degree as well. And then talk about tonight's game, which is an unbelievably important game for the Pels. But before we get to that, today's edition of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. Is your air conditioning in your car not working? It's it's really hot here in New Orleans. Is it leaking a little bit and you're getting water on the interior with all the rain that we've been having? Whatever it is, rockauto.com is the place to go to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Don't go to a chain store. You're going to walk in for whatever it is you need brake pads, interior pieces, AC stuff. Maybe it's even uh, free on to recharge your AC, which can make a big uh, difference in all of that. You're going to go in, you're going to go up to the counter, you're going to ask for a certain part, and they're going to go, we have this one, and you're going to have to pay that price. You don't necessarily know the quality that you're getting. And frankly, you're probably overpaying because chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. It's not the way to go. Go to rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even prices you prefer. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They always offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what's uh, on the market, like what airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. It makes it unbelievably easy to just shop for what you need and get the best price possible. 
Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So let's talk about Zion and the lack of playing time because I've seen this around a little bit. I've had a couple people text me about this too, and I think it's a tad bit overblown. Again, I think everyone is overthinking this stuff when it comes to Zion and the minutes. The, the team is clearly taking a long-term approach and a long-term outlook with it. You can disagree with that. They've, they are absolutely prioritizing the long-term uh, career next season even, of Zion over these eight games in the bubble and making the playoffs right now. They are. There's no other way to slice it. You are completely right if you think that. That's what they're doing. Whether that is the right or the wrong decision, you know, we don't know. We can't make that determination right now. It's disappointing, though, if you were excited about this, if you wanted to see the team get into the playoffs and play, without a doubt. But that's what they're doing. That's what the decision is. It's kind of just as simple as that. So that's the look that they're taking on it. Does it frustrate Zion? Yes, he said as much right now that he'd like to be out there playing. He feels he can be out there playing and he can play a full game. Whether that's the case or not, we don't know, but that's what he feels like. We don't know if he, you know, it would do well in that sort of situation. So it's leading to this thing of like, is he going to get upset? Are you going to piss him off? The answer is maybe. We don't know. I don't think that's really the case. And I think if you're claiming that, you're jumping the gun a little bit. And again, people are overthinking everything about this because the Pelicans have had two losses, one that was just an absolute blowout. Even if he's upset, he's going to be here seven years. Even if he requests a trade, they're not going to trade him. It's as simple as that. That gives you time to fix any sort of relationship issues that are going on. But more importantly, I don't actually think that's the case right now. We have not seen anything from him or his family that shows they don't trust this organization completely. Since David Griffin has been in here and then the Pelicans won the lottery and that first conversation that night between David Griffin and the family, it seems like they've handled everything well. And there's a lot of buy-in, not just from Zion, but his family as well. That is important to keep in mind. If you think two, three, four games is going to completely undermine all of that, not at all. And if it does, what's that say about the immaturity of Zion to a degree? So I don't think that this is a very big deal. Yes, kids gloves for a very long time can impact a player. We saw it with Anthony Davis. There's a lot of stuff that didn't get reported that's gone on behind the scenes with that. And it's part of the reason that Monty Williams was ousted after a playoff year. The kids gloves, when it came to Anthony Davis, were in place going into his fourth season. Right now, though, It's been 21 games for Zion. If this occurs in year four and he's like, what the hell, you guys? Different story entirely, but it's been 21 games. We're nowhere even remotely near that. We're three years away from it, at least two years away from this really being an issue, potentially. So there's time for all this to get fixed or it's just not going to be a thing by then. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. There's no reason to think any sort of relationship is fractured. Is it going to annoy him? Yeah. But if he goes on and is healthy and has an even better year next year and they win games and get into the playoffs, I think anyone's going to remember this stuff. Zion's not going to hold a grudge or anything like that. No one would. It's a little nonsensical. So yes, long-term, this can play an issue. And it did with Anthony Davis. He hated that. Hated that. And that's part, part of the reason that Monty Williams got fired. But that's not, we're so far away from that right now. Let's not 
do that. Everyone on this situation probably needs to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't think there's any secret injury to Zion. Maybe not in as much shape as you'd like, whatever. But overall, I think they're looking at this with a long-term thing, and you can agree or disagree with that, but it is what it is. And that's how it's going to go. I don't think playing him at the end of the fourth quarter would have given him more minutes tonight. I think it's just the situation and finding the most productive and useful minutes for him out there on the court. And at the end of the Clippers game, it wasn't that. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't play in the fourth quarter in this game tonight because it means the Pelicans have blown out the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that they've handled twice so far this season. Playing in New Orleans' favor right now is that Memphis, in this restart so far, has not done well. They lost their opening game to the Portland Trailblazers in overtime. Now, in their second game that they played yesterday, they lost 108-106 to the San Antonio Spurs. And now they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. So two losses for them, and they're on the second night of a back-to-back, one of those losses being overtime. Fatigue has been a thing at times in the bubble. This is a team that probably is feeling it the most out of all of them. They kept it close after coming back against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs were up by 11. They ended up winning by two. But you saw that this team struggles late in games in crunch time situations like the Pelicans do. And they want to try and get out and run. So their style of play is really going to kind of go into what New Orleans wants to do too. The pace for New Orleans through these first two games, unbelievably slow. I don't think that's going to be the case here. This is where New Orleans will really get to be themselves. Now, that means you've got to stop turning the damn ball over. Otherwise, you're going to just take away scoring chances. But they should feel a little bit more comfortable in this. Less half-court offense, which I think is really important for New Orleans. More in the fast break, getting out and running in transition. Also, the Memphis defense struggles. They hit a game-time shot. They could have won this game against the San Antonio Spurs, but the defense on the next possession with um, uh, DeMar DeRozan getting a pump fake and then going to the line for two and hitting both of them looked awful. The Memphis Grizzlies, who kind of took control in the fourth quarter, couldn't get it done through bad defense. Plays into New Orleans' hands, I think, and the Pels' hands and what they want to do. Plus, this Grizzlies team is going to be tired. The Pelican starters didn't play in the fourth quarter. They should come out looking sharper. If they don't, and they lose this game in particular from that, season's probably over. This is probably a must win, I think. I think it's safe to say that. You can maybe still drop one and go 5-1 and over these final six. I don't know if this is one you can really drop because you're going to drop a full game in the standings. That can hurt you. But you've got to really win this one. And they've played this team so well before. And if they can do it again, I feel pretty good about New Orleans maybe at least staying in the hunt on everything. Portland lost yesterday. That's a really big deal. The Kings lost to the San Antonio Spurs. That's a really big deal. Um, Sorry, the Kings didn't lose to the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs beat the Grizzlies. The Kings lost to the Orlando Magic and got blown out. Game where Jonathan Isaac landed awkwardly and now is probably out for the season playing garbage minutes in a game just to get his conditioning up. See why maybe the Pelican staff didn't want him to do this. So that day went well. I haven't seen the Suns game yet. It hasn't tipped off by the time I'm recording this, but things went well for New Orleans. They're not out of this yet. It's an uphill battle, but they're in the mix as of when you're listening to this. We'll see what happens in the game tonight, though. So that's as good of a spot as any to end today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. 
Again, big thank you to rockauto.com for sponsoring today's show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, as well as CBDMD. Check them out at cbdmd.com. Use promo code NBA for 25% off your order there. So again, thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.